welcome back, everybody, to episode number 16 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, where you find the most phenomenal fans around. Whether that's us or that's you guys, we're all phenomenal and we're all fans of all types of sports, all types of action. And there's been a lot of action. We've got more NFL trades. Believe it or not, we've got more NFL trades, more quarterbacks flying around. We've got pretty much the finale of Major League Baseball free agent signing. And March Madness has been, hmm, what's the word? Madness, exactly. So <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We're super excited to get into this episode. And um, yeah, let's just go. like we talked about it's gonna be just me for this episode today but i'm super excited to get into this one because today is monday march 21st 2022 a lot has gone on over the last few days the weekend was bananas bananas absolutely bananas we have March Madness unfolding at an incredible level. We have all these games going on, tons of upsets. Major League free agency pretty much settled itself with the biggest names that were still available. And today, more quarterback action in the NFL as starting off the show... We'll dive into the biggest trade of the last couple days. Matt Ryan traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan, quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Another big deal. Another one. You have a quarterback in Matt Ryan who's been to a Super Bowl. Obviously, everybody knows it as the 28 to 3 game. The Patriots came back, beat the uh beat the Falcons. But Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I really think he is. And I know a lot of people don't think he is because he hasn't won a lot of postseason action. He hasn't had a lot of success. But it's hard because Matt Ryan has put up good numbers. And in my opinion, he kind of reminds me a lot of a, it's a similar situation with Matthew Stafford in Detroit, where Stafford did just never had the supporting cast, whether it was defense, head coach, ownership, 
offensive weapons. The only time Matt Ryan probably had close to enough was the year they went to the Super Bowl. And frankly, they should have won the Super Bowl when you're up 28 to 3. And he should take a lot of blame for that because, yes, he's not calling all the plays. He has control as the quarterback. And he should have stepped in at some point in that game and said, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't be throwing the fucking ball because if we throw in completions or we fumble or we get sacked or we throw an interception, the Patriots will get the ball. And they will score because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So I feel bad for Matt Ryan because that was the one, maybe one or two years stretch where he had legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl. He's had a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of good, good weapons around him at one point or another. Calvin Ridley, RIP. Julio Jones, RIP. I'm missing a few, but you get the point. Devontae Freeman was a great running back for a year or two. He's had the guys available and around him. Just hasn't quite closed the deal. And after they lost that Super Bowl game, that whole, that whole organization kind of just spiraled, just kind of spiraled downward. Matt Ryan's been in that limbo spot, similar to Matt Stafford, where he's just been on a pretty shitty team. And now he finds himself on the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is the running back for the Colts. So starting off right there, you're already loaded, loaded in the backfield. Got T.Y. Hilton. He's got who else is on the Colts? You know, actually, now I want to look, and I meant to look at this earlier. The Colts depth chart is one that might intrigue some people with John Jonathan Taylor. Like I mentioned T Y Hilton, or maybe not looking at their depth chart. Michael Pittman jr. Is really solid at wide receiver. Looks like Mo Alley Cox is listed as their tight end. I know last year they had Jack Doyle. Quentin Nelson at left guard, Matt Pryor at left tackle. So, if anything, he's going to get a lot of protection because we all know the Colts' offensive line is unbelievable. Like, just unbelievable. So, that's good for Matt Ryan. It's, a, it's an organization with a little bit more of a history, a little bit more of elite quarterback history with guys like Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, you know, Philip Rivers, the GOAT. It's good for Matt Ryan. I think I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun to see. And we'll see what happens. What happens over there? It'll be pretty, pretty, pretty interesting, to say the least. Jameis Winston, back to the New Orleans Saints. I like this one. Same kind of thing where... Jameis didn't really have a home. And then he found a home last year in New Orleans. And he was playing really well. He was playing really, really well. Gets hurt. 
kind of a devastating blow for the Saints because the Saints at quarterback were just <laughs> so thin, so thin after Drew Brees bounced. And they they have Jameis under center taking snaps. Jameis is looking good. He's not looking like Tampa Bay Buccaneers Jameis where he throws 30 picks in one season. He looks sharp. Saints look sharp, and he goes down. They have to go to Taysom Hill. They have to go to Trevor Simeon. This is eh, just not a good deal in, in New Orleans last year. So for them to get a guy like Jameis Winston back, I think is going to serve them very well. And that's going to be a fun one to see. I mean, I feel like Jameis Winston's a guy where you either love him or you hate him. And that was more so maybe at the beginning of his career. As his career has gone on, you've I think most people have learned to love Jameis. He's just he's a bit of an oddball. He's a bit of a goofy uh, goofy guy. But so what? You know, if a guy's out there competing and he loves it and he's good, then I think people should just let the guy live. I think they do let him live. They they did let him live, I guess, this last season. But it's exciting for the Saints. I mean, the Saints. I don't know. They. Again, their quarterback situation was kind of up in the air, and so now it's probably more solved. Is that going to get them anywhere? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, you have Tom Brady on the Bucks, So, definitely not winning the division. Wild card is in play, but I don't know. I don't know. Saints could go 9-8 and eight next year. Right, sneak in, be okay. And lastly, speaking of Heisman winning quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, career, well, no, I would want to say career backup because he started for a while in Tennessee. He, you know, he was so good at Oregon. He was so good. Goes through the NFL. And he hasn't been, like, awful, but he wasn't good enough in the pocket to be an NFL quarterback. He just wasn't. He probably was good enough from a mobility standpoint, especially the direction that the NFL has been moving more recently, where you have to be able to move pretty well to probably be successful unless you're Tom Brady. The league's been shifting towards not running quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that can scramble and can make throws on the run. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. You could go on forever. Carson Wentz thinks he can, but he can't. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. uh, I mean, you get the point. All those guys can run. They can all throw on the run. Mariota can run, but the throwing on the run part was where he found himself getting into some trouble. Now, that doesn't mean he's worthless, clearly, because he has been in the NFL. But he, I believe he spent at least a year, probably two, I think it was two years, as the backup for Derek Carr on the Raiders. Now, he gets an opportunity to sign with the Atlanta Falcons, where Matt Ryan just got dealt to Indianapolis. I need a quarterback. It's a good fit for Mariota. Uh, the Falcons, they're going to be bad. I, I don't know what else to say. The Falcons are going to be a bad team next year. Calvin Ridley's gone. Uh, Julio Jones is obviously not there anymore. Matt Ryan's not there anymore. 
Um, dare I look at their depth chart? I don't even. I don't know if I want to because it's going to be such an ugly thing to look at. So, Cordell Patterson, the running back for them, great player, dynamic, takes snaps in the backfield and carries. Also, uh, lines out lines up out wide, and then. Oh man, they're I don't even know who these guys are. These wide receivers they have listed here. Uh Olamide Z- Zacchaeus. I think that's how you say it. Olamide Zacchaeus is listed at their number one receiving spot. Frank Darby and Austin Trammell. Oh wow, that's bad. Bad. Kyle Pitts is their tight end. He's a great tight end. Young kid. I think he only caught like fucking one touchdown last year. But I like Kyle Pitts. I like Cordell Patterson. I don't mind Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota goes down for an injury at the moment. Not that the NFL season's anytime soon. But if week one was next week, Marcus Mariota would be their starting quarterback. And if he gets hurt, their backup is Felipe Franks. Wow. That's bad. Wow. I'm sorry, Falcons fans. If there's anybody listening that is roots for the Falcons, I am sorry about that. But it is what it is, man. The Falcons had their window, and they didn't get their... uh, Didn't get their ring. I think more so... More so, the issue that I'm finding myself running into with all these trades going on. Let me just, let let me say this. I love the NFL. It's great. It's great product. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But the NFL this offseason has been as close to Madden franchise with force trades on as I've ever seen it. Madden football gives you the opportunity, the video game gives you the opportunity to turn, to turn a toggle, a switch on a setting in your leagues. If you're doing like franchise mode where every trade that you propose goes through no matter what. Right. Obviously, if it's super uneven, you're trying to stack your team. Blah, blah, blah. It's just a video game. But you know how in those games, for those of you that have played Madden franchise and for those of you that haven't. When you go through those games and you play like four or five seasons. Like the NFL in 2022. Let me let me say the rosters in the NFL going into the 2022 season are like what the rosters would look like. If you started a Madden franchise in 2016 and then simulated five years. And that's where all these quarterbacks would end up, right? Like you simulate five seasons and then Matt Ryan's on the Colts. Tom Brady is on the Buccaneers. Russell Wilson is on the Broncos. 
It doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, I love it. I love it. But I don't know if there's another league where this happens in, an, in one offseason. There's a lot of moves that go on and free agents and stuff, but none of these are free agent signings. Like, these are all trades. Devontae Adams traded to Green Bay. Matt Ryan traded to Indy. Russell Wilson traded to Denver. Like, what is going on? It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I love it. But the bottom line is the NFL... The NFL is turning into a fantasy football league. Or the NFL is turning into a Madden franchise league. And I kind of like it, but also it's going to be fucking hard to keep track of. Because you go next year, you're going to turn on the game and watch the Colts and go, oh, uh, what? Oh, my God, that's Matt Ryan. Like, oh, my God. And... Then you're going to turn on the Falcons game, expecting to see Matt Ryan, and you're going to see Marcus Mariota and be like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Is that, who is that, Marcus Mariota? And I know these trades make big waves and everybody sees it, but I just feel like you just, you just like kind of, it kind of slips your mind. I think more so for like the casual fan, right? They're going to turn on a similar situation. They'll turn on the Seahawks game, or they'll just, the Seahawks will be on. Right? And your grandpa walks in. Where's Russell Wilson at? Where's that guy, Wilson? Uh, no, he's traded, grandpa. Where'd they, you know, who are they playing against? The fucking. The Raiders. Who's that guy he's throwing the ball to? Who's there? Who's that quarterback throwing the ball to over there for the Raiders? Who is that? It's Devontae Adams, grandpa. He got traded from Green Bay. It's weird. Kind of like it, but weird. You know? Anyways, that's the NFL. A few more trades, a few more pieces of action going around. It's fun, I guess, but just, like, chill out a little bit. Like, relax. Like, not everybody needs to get traded. Not everybody needs to fucking... I don't know. Whatever. It's good for those guys, right, that are going to better situations. In other news... Speaking of big names, three of some of the most prominent free agents in Major League Baseball have found their destinations, whether it's short-term or long-term. There's one free agent remaining, Michael Conforto. Don't know where he's still going to sign. Kind of feel bad for the guy because it's like he's a good player, but he's kind of hurt a lot, whatever. I like Mary. I mean, I like uh, Conforto. Don't know where he's gonna go. Carlos Correa, short stop, signs to the Minnesota Twins. What the fuck? No, I'm serious. What the fuck? What is going on? Why? Why? I 
makes no sense for the Twins, if I'm being honest with you, because they do not have the supporting cast to handle and pay for a guy like Correa, which they're doing, and win. The deal with Correa is that he signs a three-year contract and there's an opt-out after the first year and the second year. So if he goes to Minnesota and he is just miserable, just miserable, just hates his life, hates being there, can opt out. He's getting paid the most annual money in this contract with the Twins. In for an infielder in the history of baseball. So good for him. Right? He goes to Minnesota. Uh his contract officially Let's see. Three years, 105.3 million dollars. A lot of it's a lot of bread. A lot of scratch. Good for Carlos. Up next, Trevor Story. Uh, he signs a six-year, $140 million contract with the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. That one makes a lot more sense to me. I, I like it. Good for Trevor. He's going to be able to play on a big market team in a big, mar- big market stadium and big market city. Fans, historic playoffs. High expectations. Good for him, man. That's always fun. I like Trevor's story. So he's going to the Red Sox. And then Nick Castellanos also signs with the Phillies. And I say also because they signed Kyle Schwerber. So the Phillies. Might not be bad next year. Phillies might not be bad. You going to win that division? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Probably not. The Mets have Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. But Phillies have Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber. (sighs) Who else, man? Phillies have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Alec Bohm's going to play third base for him. JT is going to catch for him. Gene Segura's probably going to play somewhere up the middle. Didi Gregorius. Just saying. Just saying. Look out for the fills. Right? Kyle Gibson had a good year last year. Aaron Nola, solid. Zach Wheeler, Cy Young candidate. Uh-oh. Who knows, man? Good for the Phils, though. They're getting active. They're getting involved. They're getting into it. That's cool, right? Good for them. That pretty much wraps up the baseball for now. For now, right? We'll get into it on Between the Stitches. If you guys haven't heard that podcast, go check it out. Between the Stitches, a baseball show. Talk only baseball on there. So if you like baseball, go listen to the podcast. It's a good one. Moving on to the NCAA tournament, March Madness. It has been absolute madness. This past weekend, some unbelievable upsets. 
unbelievable upsets. Most notably, number 15, well, they're not 15 ranked, but one of the four 15 seeds and the only one to win not only their first game of this tournament, but the second game of this tournament, obviously, because the rest got eliminated after their first game. Saint, the St. Peter's Peacocks, 15 seed, took down Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky. John Calipari. The University of Kentucky basketball lost to St. Peter's in the first round. Unbelievable. Like, literally unbelievable. Right? And ESPN always loves putting out those fucking... Uh, after, like, there's one upset. Like, the fifth game of the day is a 5-12. and 12. I think it was, like, Iowa and Richmond. 5-seed Iowa versus 12-seed Richmond. 12-seed Richmond takes down Iowa. I mean, I know personally I had Iowa in... I had, like, four or five brackets. I was in the Final Four in, like, three or four of them. Like, there was only one bracket I had that didn't have Iowa in the Final Four. I'm an idiot, obviously. I don't know shit. But Iowa goes down to Richmond. The Richmond Spiders, by the way, electric. Electric mascot. The Spiders? Are you kidding me? Iowa loses to Richmond. And, you know, you see the fucking ESPN. There are currently 102 perfect brackets remaining in the whole world. Okay. St. Peter's beats Kentucky. How many are left, ESPN? Let me guess. Fucking zero. 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 Because everybody had Kentucky winning. Like, everybody. Except for the parents of St. Peter's players. Everybody had Kentucky winning that game. St. Peter's, a 15 seed. Like, what? Now I want to know what their... Now I want to know what their... Uh, what their odds were. 15 seed... They were 17 and a half point underdogs and they were plus 1100 on the money line. 17 and a half point underdog and they won the basketball game. How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Also, after beating Kentucky, they go on and play. God, I should have just, I, I, I knew this and then I didn't. They played Murray State, a seven seed, beat them. 15 seed St. Peter's is in, the, is in the Sweet 16. 15 seed St. Peter's is in the Sweet 16. Unbelievable. Good for them. Good for them. That's really exciting. If you missed the second round matchup last night, last game of the night between Arizona and TCU, boy, did you miss a good game. 
Number one seed Arizona, number nine seed TCU. TCU, TCU. First of all, the game is in San Diego, and they I swear to God it could have been at the U of A arena because every, I don't know, two seconds, Arizona would get a defensive stop or make a shot, and the whole fucking arena goes, U of A, U of A. It's like, my God. Okay, U of A fans, we get it. You guys can travel. U of A was favored by 10 points. They ended up winning by five points in overtime. So obviously the game went to overtime. But I think more so it's it's a story because the game went to overtime. And even more so it's a story because the game was tied. TCU had the ball in the final possession. And their point guard got like trapped up at the top. Like he just crossed the half court line and got trapped. Tried to dribble around it and out of it and got just like just molested by the defender on Arizona. The defender had full body, almost full body weight on him standing upright. TCU guy can't go back across half court to he's avoiding a backcourt violation. And he like stumbles, gets fucking body checked, loses the ball. Arizona scoops it up with like 1.5, takes it down to the rim, and the guy dunks it. But the clock expired while the ball was still touching his hand. So the score remained tied, and they went to overtime. And, you know, it's a tough break for TCU. It is. But how does... Basketball games like have this much weight, like that hold this much weight. They can't be decided by a, like a borderline call or non-call by a referee. They just can't. They just, it just can't happen. It can't happen like that. If I'm TCU, man. I'm like, dude, my guy got fucking tackled. Like maybe the refs were letting him play all game, like a little bit, but just like not really. There was a lot of fouls. So like. What's the impetus for just not calling a foul right there? I don't know. It's fun to watch. Really like March Madness. But this might be a hot take. I don't even know if I want to say it. I'm going to say it. This is the hottest take you will hear about the NCAA tournament. I think they should. I think they should lower the number of teams in the tournament. And every matchup should be a three game series. That's what I think. But what about the 15 and the two upset? That's exactly why. That's exactly why I want a three-game uh, three series. Upsets are super fun. They are super fun. But when a team plays 40 games in the regular season, 35 games, let's just say, combined with the regular season and the postseason tournaments, and then they have one bad night, one bad shooting night, 
and the other team is just lights out, can't miss, that will effectively end their entire season. A team could be literally undefeated as a one seed, play a 16 seed, and the 16 seed could shoot 90% from three, not miss a free throw, shoot 85% from the field, and the one seed could shoot 20% from the field and 10% from three, and they just lose. It's on the one seed for not showing up in that situation. But one bad game in a sport like basketball just cannot decide the fate of an entire season for a team. How do you go from the NCAA tournament, one game elimination, and then half these guys go to the NBA, and in the NBA postseason, it's a seven-game series in every round of the postseason. I know the NBA does seven games per series because it makes more money. I get it. But the NCAA tournament makes a bunch of money. Do you think they'd make more? Especially, listen, if St. Peter's plays Kentucky and they beat them two out of three, they fucking deserve it. But we know that Kentucky would have beat them again and beat them a, third, uh, beat them a second time in that third game. My only thing is, I just don't... I'd rather see Kentucky versus Gonzaga. I'd rather see... Let's see. NCAA tournament bracket updated. Take a look here. So the bottom side of this bracket, not sure which region this is, but in the Sweet 16, you have UCLA playing UNC, and you have St. Peter's playing Purdue. I know St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Good for them. And I know they beat Murray State. But realistically, Purdue is going to fucking kill St. Peter's. Especially if they play them in three games. So I would rather see Kentucky and Purdue play each other three times than Purdue and St. Peter's. That's just where I stand on it. Because it's going to be better basketball. Still put those low seeds in. You just can't. They had a bad, Kentucky had a bad night on defense. They gave up 85 points to St. Peter's in overtime, in an overtime game. You can't, like, it sucks. Show up and play, but it's one game. It's not the NFL. It's not the NFL where they play 16, 17 games. It's not the NFL where they play 17 games. That makes sense to have one game deciding because they only play 17. But in college basketball, they play, what, 40, 45 games? And then one game decides it? And in the NBA, it's a seven-game series in the first round of the postseason? Come on. Let's do a three-game series. Let's, let's shrink the number of teams to 32. Let's do a three-game series. And put all the automatic qualifying conference champions in, plus a handful of regional bids. And then do three games each. Neutral site, three games each. I would love that, personally. But I understand the other side. I know I get the one-game playoff. 
the one the bracket format right now is fantastic. I get it. The bracket format right now is probably as good as it's going to get, and it's never going to change. But I would just like to see the best teams advance and give them an opportunity to advance instead of just having one bad night. That's where I stand. So either way, it's cool. You got, you know, on the top of the bracket, you have Gonzaga, Arkansas, one seed versus four. And then you have Texas versus Duke. Three seed versus two seed. So that that side, the only upsets, uh, let's see, New Mexico State beat UConn and Notre Dame beat Alabama. But after that, it went chalk. Duke won, Texas Tech won, Arkansas won. Gonzaga beat Memphis, barely, by the way. And like I said, at the bottom side here, eight seed UNC is playing four seed UCLA. Going to be a great basketball game. Three seed Purdue, 15 seed St. Peter's. I just, I don't know. I just don't love it. I just don't love it. Other side of the bracket, one seed Arizona, five seed Houston. Going to be a good game. 11 seed Michigan, two seed Villanova. That'll be solid. One seed Kansas, four seed Providence. Kansas will probably take that one, but Providence has looked really sharp. And then 11 seed Iowa versus 10 seed Miami, Florida, Miami. Um, Again, this is where I, I think they should play a three-game series. I think they should play a three-game series. 11 seed Iowa, it's Iowa State, right? Yeah, Iowa State and Wisconsin. Iowa State beats them 54 to 49. And I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, men's basketball scoreboard. What am I looking at here? If we look at the box score of this game, Iowa State, 11 seed versus 3 seed Wisconsin. Wisconsin shot 9% from three-point. 9%. They went 2 for 22. If they play two more games against Iowa State, they don't shoot 9%. They had a bad shooting night. And then their season's over. They also shot 14 for 47 from the field, which is 29%. It's not good. It's not good. But, I mean, 9% from three. Iowa State shot 34% from the field, so not great, but 21 from three. Three for 14. I don't know. Iowa State didn't play that well. Wisconsin's guy got hurt too, right? Injuries. I know injuries and shit happens too, man, but I don't know. Just got to feel, I just I feel bad for those teams that are so good and then they just shit the bed. They have a bad day, like I said, but either way, it's been fun. It's been, uh, it's been a fun tournament in for some more fun tournament stuff. That will pretty much wrap up the sports talk. 
for this episode, but I did want to leave our viewers and listeners with a new segment on this show. Would you rather? It's a new segment on our show where we hope to seal off every episode with a question. A would you rather question. Typically sports related. Sometimes it won't be. But this week's, this episode's would you rather sports related question of the episode. Would you rather hit the game winning shot in the championship game? Let me, let me start over championship game, March madness, final four championship game. Would you rather hit a buzzer beater to win or your teammate makes a bad pass, it gets tipped, time's running down, and you chase down, swat a ball as time expires to seal the win? Which one? Game-winning shot or chase down block to seal the win? I think I'd go block. I think I'd go block. Any of the game-winning shots, awesome, but a chase-down block in a situation where it's like, if you don't block it, you lose. And then you block it to seal the win. That, that's electric. That is electric. I would do the block, I think. I don't know. Don't know. That's our first First, would you rather question of the week of the episode? I said 16. Gotta wrap it up, man. It's a tough couple of days coming up here. Tough, tough, tough couple of days on the sporting calendar. This Monday, March 21st through Wednesday, because no, no college basketball. Baseball's still dragging its ass along. I guess there's NBA. I guess there's hockey, but man, those regular seasons are tough. Watch. So thank you guys for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Be sure to check us out on social media at PhenomFam in most places. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, obviously YouTube, where we stream our episodes. We love you guys. Always bet the over. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. 